This is a special edition of the Law Enforcement Today Show, a remote broadcast from Washington, D.C. We are broadcasting from 400 East Capitol Street on the top floor overlooking the U.S. Capitol Building for the annual Federation for American Immigration Reforms Hold Their Feet to the Fire Radio Row event. Lots of special guests for you, sheriffs from all over the United States, angel families. We have so many stories to share with you. You'll hear background noise, which makes this kind of interesting. You're people in the background, you know, traffic as well, and, and wind and things of that nature. But it's a pleasure and honor to be here. Welcome to the Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired police sergeant. For the latest news articles and much more, check out our website, letradioshow.com. In the Law Enforcement Today show, we'll be joined by special guests. We'll be talking about their experiences and issues affecting law enforcement officers, first responders, their families, their community, and victims of horrendous crimes. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Our page is Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Check out the daily articles on our website, letradioshow.com. And while you're there, download our free app. What do you get when you combine social audio with social media all in one free app? It's called Breakout. Get it at letbreak.com. There's a free version for your iPhone and Android devices. Be sure to follow John J. Wiley of the Law Enforcement Today radio show and podcast. Use a profile at LET Radio Show. Get it for free at letbreak.com or at the App Store and Google Play. We are at the Federation for American Immigration Reform's Feet to the Fire Radio Row event, one of 66 shows invited. And there's a handful, I'd say five, six maybe, syndicated shows that are here. And one of my guests here, by the way, we're on the top floor outdoors of North Capitol Street, overlooking the Capitol building. So you're going to hear some ambient noise, which I think is pretty cool. One of my special guests, someone I've wanted to get on the show for a very long time. Uh, he's former law enforcement. He is a radio show host in San Antonio, Texas. A good friend, colleague, George Rodriguez El Conservador. You are on 930 The Answer KLUP, correct? KLUP, part of the Salem Network, yeah. And you're also in other areas across the United States. Correct. I, uh, I've been syndicated. I'm very happy with that. Uh, here in D.C. and in New York and uh, a couple of other places, and I slips my mind exactly. Without boring people, New York is one of the hardest markets to get into. Oh gosh, it's, it's really <laughs> a game changer, and I've got to get back there. So we just got our 94 station, uh, and goal is to be in 100 stations well before the end of the year, and hopefully, New York is one of them. One of the things, and we broadcast. I just had someone text me. Uh, listening to a show in San Antonio. So I don't know if we're on the air at a radio station there or he's listening to podcast. But you have a voice about what's going on. And one of the things I love about what George does is he doesn't practice a lot of fluff and stuff and a lot of partisan <laughs> politics. Um, what the heck is going on in that part of Texas? It seems to be a different world. What we've got uh, is the impact of the, of the uh, border crisis. Uh, I call it the second phase, the first phase being that we all concentrate on uh, watching the people crossing the border in the thousands. Uh, let me make sure that people understand that I was born and raised in the border region. I was born in Laredo, raised in San Antonio. My grandparents, my great-grandparents all have lived on the border. And uh, we were used to, the bo open border has always been a headache, but never, never has it been like this. People used to come across and uh, either rob <laughs> uh, or uh, uh, work and then go back. 
however what we've got now is the entire world coming uh, with the intention of staying and uh, we uh, I mean it, it's not Juan and Maria crossing the border anymore it's uh, it's everyone uh, everyone from Mohammed to uh, uh, Umbawa I mean it's it is just incredible and these folks are having an impact not only on the social fiber but on the economy they are affecting also law enforcement they are impacting on every segment of uh, our uh, of our lifestyle and um, it, it the second phase of it is that it's coming to your house to your to your community one thing is to watch people crossing the border another thing is to suddenly wake up and realize that they are in your schools that they are uh, taking advantage of your uh, health health system that uh, they are being uh, that they are impacting on on public safety in your community I mean all of these things are happening uh, in in San Antonio and in other communities and they're gonna start happening pretty soon in middle America one of the things I don't seem to get is people are reluctant to talk about this because there's a label there's a stigma that goes with this and I had a conversation with someone and I and we talked about this before the, the radio show if a foreign country sent a hundred thousand people in their military and they all got jobs and sent half of their money back to their home country and then by the way killed an average 300 people a day with poison it'd be an act of war now if you and i say that then all of a sudden we're labeled as racist Correct. and somehow or another we are anti this has become mexicans and ethnicity it's a, a wonderful people wonderful country uh same with guatemala same with el salvador same with venezuela wonderful people Without the politics, how can we have a conversation where people aren't labeled and they feel comfortable to talk about this? Because I don't get it. The uh, The problem is, again, that uh, there's this assumption that Mexicans are the ones that are coming across the border, and it's not. The number of Mexicans that, have, uh, that are actually crossing the border now is relatively small in percentage compared to everybody else. The other issue is, again, that uh, when we're talking about border security, uh, we're not talking about race or ethnicity issues. We're talking about border security for a nation. We're talking about uh, politics. We are not talking about race or ethnicity. Unfortunately, it is convenient to uh, the, the left, the liberals, to uh, use the race card for everything. And that's exactly what they're doing in this situation. They are using the race card. My grandparents bona fide Americans of Mexican descent, more Mexican culturally than you could, than, than they were Americans, still were American first. Right. Not because of culture or anything, but because of their nationality. And they were anti-illegal immigration. You can talk to anybody that has lived on the South Texas border uh, for generations, and they will tell you that there is a big difference between the Texans of Mexican descent and the Mexicans that are crossing the border. There has always been a big difference. The other issue is, the other issue that, that, is, that needs to be taken into consideration is that not all Latins, all Latinos, all Hispanics, all Spanish speakers, whatever the, the new uh, lexicon is, uh, are not the same. Cubans are very, very different from people, right. from Mexicans. Yeah. Puerto Ricans are very, very, very different from Guatemalans, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, certainly the people that are coming now they really, really are different. Venezuelans, uh, Nicaraguans, Colombians, they're very, very much different from, than from uh, anything that, that Mexicans have. We need to understand that this is not about race or ethnicity. This is about the security 
of our nation. Part of my day job is working at, at a radio corporation uh, in South Florida, and they own, I think, eight radio stations. And, and three of them are regional Mexican radio stations, and one is a Latin hit station. And they are totally, totally different. And i be honest, I'm the, we jokingly say I'm the gringo. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, but I took a look at, at, at Mexico. It's a big country. A lot of states. I had. I thought there was maybe six states. What are there? Thirty-two. Thirty-two of them. Yeah. And we play so many different styles of music. The regional Mexican states. We have Nortenia. We have Tierra Caliente. We have Banda. And they say in certain parts of the country, if you play Banda music, you're going to get shot. If you play this <laughs> one there, you're going to get shot. It's different. And in the United States, that community is vibrant. They are uh, active. They are. Uh, they spend money. They they are totally entrenched in their community and one of the biggest stigmas we have george is advertisers and i'll get back on your topic in a minute, don't want to spend money on our station because they think oh you know they're out in the fields picking cotton or they're picking lettuce whatever. <laughs> and it's not far, true far, far it's it. not true and i don't know why these stigmas and stereotypes seem to persist i do know why they are perpetuated by the media but yeah. uh I think as long as we can do that and not have conversations, it's easy to shoehorn people into certain categories and say, oh, no, you're just a fascist. It's very, very true. Let me tell you uh, two things. First of all, I've met people from Madison Avenue, advertisers from Madison Avenue, who make those assumptions that all yeah. Latinos are the same. Okay, that's number one. But then the second thing is that you've got um, people in the media who are, uh, who are uh, just unacquainted with uh, with Texas, with South, and, and the situation there is is that we've got uh, a very very di big difference that people just don't understand. Even the media people. We're talking with George Rodriguez, El Conservador, radio host from San Antonio, Texas. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Are you wondering where you can find more great podcasts? Head to letradioshow.com, click Be Heard, and discover other fantastic podcasts like this one. Also available on our free app, all at letradioshow.com. Of all the radio stations in the United States, there's only one show like ours, the Law Enforcement Today radio show. And on Facebook, there's only one official page. Do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. That's Law Enforcement Today Radio Show on Facebook. When you get there, click like and follow. Missed an episode of Law Enforcement Today? You don't have to anymore because now you can listen to it on Podopolo, the free new app that makes listening anytime, anywhere so easy. Catch up on shows you've missed and chat with John J. Wiley right there too. Download for free on the Apple or Google Play stores. That's Podopolo. And John J. Wiley wants to hear from you inside Podopolo. So Law Enforcement Today's show, very special edition of the show, coming to you from North Capitol Street in Washington, D.C. We're on the ninth floor outdoors overlooking the Capitol building. This is Federation American Liberation Reform's Feet to the Fire radio event. Uh, we are one of 66 shows here, and my guest today is George Rodriguez, El Conservador, radio show host from San Antonio, Texas, syndicated, and uh, all-around good guy. And you came before radio. You were in the law enforcement field. Tell us about that. 
I uh, worked in the in the uh, Reagan administration. I was 12 years old then. I worked in the radio in the Reagan administration in uh, a division of uh, the Justice Department called the Community Relations Service, which is a division that works on police community relations, and uh, particularly uh, if there's a civil rights issue or a tension or something. And I worked with them. I got to work very very closely with police departments across the country uh, for. Uh, eight years. I really enjoyed it. I loved it. I got to work also with uh, uh, police uh, police uh, officers individually and got to check out uh, public housing in the middle of the night, got to check out uh, uh, situations at high schools. Uh, it, was, it was really, really enjoyable. More than anything else, it was great to work with police departments and police officers. Great people. I have the most respect and love for them. Now, Texas has a reputation for being very pro-law enforcement and conservative-leaning state, but that's not necessarily the case in San Antonio, is uh, it? Unfortunately, the major cities like Austin, like San Antonio, like uh, Houston and uh, Dallas uh, are going through the same situation that many of the uh, major urban areas like Baltimore and, uh, and uh, Minneapolis and New York are going through where... Um, We've got some very, very liberal politicians uh, who have put restraints on law enforcement, and uh, things are favoring cr- criminals rather than uh, than punishment of uh, of crime. How bad has it gotten down there? It's a police shortage, high crime, and by the way, we'll talk about the sheriff in Bayer County <laughs> in a moment, but. Uh, how, how bad has it gotten, and how has it gotten that way? Well, it, it's gotten that way because only 14% of the electorate actually gets out to vote. And so it makes it very, very difficult for the loud minority, the loud leftist minority, to take over. Uh, what has happened is that we've got a very liberal uh, city council, a very liberal uh, district attorney, a George Soros district attorney, by the way, and they have, um, they have uh, hamstrung law enforcement. They've uh, made it very, very difficult. A good uh, example, story that I love to tell, is uh, recently uh, a couple of police officers were called to an apartment uh, by uh, this lady uh, who was being beat up by her boyfriend. Uh, Her boyfriend was drunk and had six or seven warrants uh, uh, from California and from Texas. And uh, he passed out. She, uh, the police arrived. She let them in. Uh, they handcuffed him and took him away. And then the police officers got in trouble. The police officers got in trouble because they had not checked with the district attorney's office and they had not, had not checked with the police chief because they are very, very sensitive to the Brianna Taylor situation. Well, this was everything but a Brianna Taylor right. situation. Not even remotely N- close. Nev- n- never mind all of that. The police officers still got in trouble. This is uh, this is the kind of, of situation that we've got, and it, and it hurts police morale. Now, George, earlier in the conversation, you're talking about you have a relative working in law enforcement. Does that cause a lot of concern for you and your family? Oh, definitely for me. Um, the family tries not to think about it. I mean, definitely he tries to, uh, you know, I mean, play it down, uh, that uh, he's not uh, in danger or anything of the nature. I mean, it's his work. But um, definitely since the days of, um, uh, since in the last three years, two years since George Floyd, uh, the um, atmosphere towards law enforcement is just really, really antagonistic. 
and uh, he, you know, shares some things with me, as well as I have other friends that are that are in, in the SAPD, in the San Antonio Police Department, um, who see, who I mean, who share with me what what they go through, and I can see it personally. Yeah, I, 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 we all are acutely aware that bad stuff can happen to you, but you always think. I always thought it would never happen to me until it did, mm-hmm. and then I was shocked. But I was of the mindset, I didn't want to tell my wife at the time because I didn't wor- want to wor- worry her anymore. My right. mother, who she didn't tell me once I retired, she goes, now I can finally sleep at night. Yes. I really didn't understand and comprehend the amount of concern and worry they had. And that's without this other burden. We had our own burdens. Right. And you and I have talked many times. This is not new. It's just magnified. It's more. magnified. It's magnified. And I'm so glad that you've taken the path you have. You've gone into radio and... There's a big appeal to mass media that a lot of people don't get. You also do podcasting as well. Correct. What inspired you to do that, and how did you get to where you're at today? Um, it was, uh, I mean, it was something that I always wanted to do. However, uh, in this uh, case, uh, I really kind of got roped into it by accident. There was a need uh, for a uh, someone to be a spokesperson for the Tea Party in South Texas. Uh, both in English and in Spanish, and uh, I ended up doing that. Uh, I ended up doing several interviews, almost on a, on a weekly basis, and uh, then eventually uh, a friend of mine said, "Well, let's uh, let's help you do a podcast," and we tried that uh, strictly through the internet, and then uh, eventually the radio station uh, got wind of it. One of the radio stations in San Antonio, Salem. Uh, sponsored, got uh, wind of it, and um, I ended up uh, going into um, into uh, a radio, uh, into a studio. So, how long ago was that that you first started? Um, and when did you make the jump to radio? I made the jump to radio about four years ago. So we're very similar in our path, yeah. and, and, and we do a lot of similar things. I don't go as political as you do. Mine is, is, and you do a lot of overlap where it's more the personal experience and personal stories. And there's a big demand for that. Uh, and when I say the media, look, let's talk about the reality. Radio, which is owned by, you've got the top-tier corporations that own Correct. most of it. Then you've got the mid-level. Then you've got the smaller mom and pops. Uh, and uh, a few companies control the vast majority. And those companies also have a heavy influence, same with television and social media as well. So we, we're bombarded with negative and I sound all the time sound bites, and I, yes. I'm not concerned with sound bites. I want to know the reality of what's happening. Correct, and that's you know, uh, that's another reason why I, uh, I I jumped at the opportunity because there aren't enough, enough voices talking about the reality of, of the situation that uh, police officers face now. Uh, Any time that there's a shooting, a, an officer-related shooting, uh, the media you know goes nuts. And they run and they interview people who uh, were watching or who were in the area. And everybody, you know, uh, does not know. They don't know what, what happened. All they do is react. And um, you, you, that is what you see in the, in the news media, uh, on, on the TV report. Uh, however, you know, uh, good example, good example. About um, two weeks ago, we had a, a shooting in San Antonio. Uh, the guy got stopped uh, in a um, uh, in a traffic stop. He got uh, the uh, he had warrants. Uh, he had an out uh, outdated license plate that was well. I think the license plate didn't even belong to the car, um, but he had warrants. Uh, and uh, the minute he jumped out, um, he started going for a gun. Now, 
the police officers who were just, you know, feet away from him saw it and they, you know, reacted. People across the street did not see that. Right. And so who does the media immediately run to? The witnesses. And uh, the first part of the story that you heard for the first 48 hours was that the guy was unarmed. Of course. And, uh, and, and you know, it went downhill from there. I and mean, it, it becomes just, fact. That's the yes. thing. If you say it often enough, it becomes truth. And, or it's not truth. It's not fact. But Correct. that's what people believe. You also are an author. Tell us about your book. <laughs> and very quickly, where can people find about you, your radio show, and get in touch with you? I, uh, I have a book. It's called Con- El Conservador, Conservative Opinions. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it on uh, any web uh, any web page that sells books. Uh, you can even order it through Walmart. And um, I would encourage you. I would encourage everybody to to please help me and uh, sell my book. Um, I also can be found as far as my. Um, all you have to do is just Google uh, George Rodriguez El Conservador, and my uh, web page pops up, as well as my Facebook page, as well as uh, my YouTube's. My YouTube channel, uh, I um, and my podcast as well. Awesome, George! Thanks so much for being a guest on the show. We we'll have to have you back again in the future, and we'll talk about stereotypes. Why I can't stand, especially about <laughs> politics. Thank you. Thanks again. I'd like to thank our guests so much for coming on the Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. The Law Enforcement Today Radio Show is a nationally syndicated radio show, broadcast on numerous stations once a week, and growing. If you enjoyed the podcast version of the show, please do me a big favor. Tell a friend. And if you're able, leave an honest review and or rating. I'll be back in just a couple days with a brand new episode of the Law Enforcement Today radio show and podcast. Until then, this is John J. Wiley. See ya. See ya.